my advice is always to just kind of get out of your head and lead with your heart more, lead with the feelings. If you get that pull, if you get that calling saying, I think you're made for more, then listen to it, lean into it and have the courage to pursue it because that's where you mm-hmm. end up exactly where you should be. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. All right, Balancers, today's guest is a mum of two, the host of the Female Entrepreneur Mindset podcast called Made For More. She's a motivational speaker and trainer and also the CEO of Girls Building Empires. She's on a mission to help women realize that they can create the wildest life for themselves. And I'm so excited to have her on to share not only how she's done that for herself, but how she's doing that for women all around the world. So Carly Myers, a warm welcome to the Balance Theory podcast. It's so nice to have you on the show today. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I guess off the back of my little intro, uh, you've got a lot, a lot going on in your life, which is incredible to hear and see. I'm curious to know what does uh, the average day, if if you know that's in your vocabulary, if that's in your your schedule in a week, what that kind of looks like, what a day in, in Carly's life looks like. There's no average day, really. I always say if you're an entrepreneur and you're a mum, no day looks the same and no day goes to schedule either. (laughs) Like one will be homesick and then one will have like there's a lot of like, you know, plates. Variables. Yeah. And, um, and so no day looks the same, but what I really try and do is I try and have a good mix of, I have to have my time where kids go to nursery for like half a day. So they have three days a week where they have half a day of nursery. And that time normally is where I've actually switched this around a lot. When my kids used to go into nursery, I used to literally knuckle down at my desk and go flat out working right until the time I picked them up because I felt like any time that I wasn't with the kids, I had to be working and it was oh. either work or kids. Yeah. And this year, I really decided to prioritize my health a bit more. And I decided to put in some PT sessions. So I have a PT in the morning now. And that's made the world of difference because I feel like as a mum, you wake up and it goes from naught to 100 straight away. Like literally you wake up and there's just chaos straight away. And I feel like going to the gym now, even though I'm taking time away from my work day, I feel like I actually come back and get refocused into my day much quicker. So that's been a massive game changer for me. And then on a Friday, I actually have a Carly day. Sometimes it doesn't go to plan, but Carly day is literally just whatever I feel like that day. Sometimes I even have a nap, which is wild (laughs) in the middle of the day. I'm like, yeah, I'm having a nap. But yeah, I'm just really trying to prioritize myself and my health a lot more this year, which is new to me. That's awesome. And and I guess a really great place to start. So just for a bit of context, on the show, we talk about life balance and, and a lot of people talk about balance in the context of work-life balance. And that's a formula I really encourage people to move away from. I guess just even when you were speaking just then, you were like, it's either my kids or my work. And I think when we have those strict dichotomies in life, we don't let life happen. We don't allow for, like you said, a Carly day where you can wake up and you can be like, okay, what do I feel like doing right now? Even if we break it down further, right? Like with our movement, you know, what movement feels good to me today? What activities do I need to prioritize today? So really you've kind of just uh, described, I guess, a version of balance that's working for you right now that has changed in the recent past. 
I'm curious to know, because I think a lot of the things that, that people trip up on when it comes to making these changes is kind of this guilt, like, oh, but, you know, I should be doing more for my kids or I should be doing more for my job. And so they don't take that time back, reclaim it for themselves and invest it into things like their health. Or if they do, you know, that guilt, that, that kind of um, guilt is the best way I can describe it really, is kind of staring at you in the face. Um, is that something you've experienced? And if so, how do you kind of navigate that to really just take charge of your time and prioritise what's right for you? Uh, guilt is definitely the word. <laughs> Mum guilt is really, really real. I feel like no matter what you do, however much you justify the fact that you're working for your kids and things like that, you will always feel like you're not doing enough for your kids. Um, but the way that I kind of I've got my head around it. And the way that I really look at balance now is that my week is not perfectly balanced with a perfect amount of each thing. It's not that everything mm. is equal. So I have my my workout. I have my time with my partner. I have my kids. I have my work. And that's not all. My week doesn't get 25% equal measures of each of those things. But each of those things is in my week in some mm -hmm. capacity. And some weeks it's way more work than kids. And I'm like, this was this was a rough week or some weeks if it's like half term or one of my kids is sick or something it's way more kids than than work and I feel like that's how I've been able to get balance and how I've been able to get my head around the guilt side of things in knowing that we work and live in seasons and some mm. seasons of our life are going to be really heavy on one side than the other but in a couple of weeks the whole thing's going to switch around again and I do find even if like in my day if I'm working in the daytime then as soon as I pick the kids up I really try as much as I can to then just switch off and that times with the kids it's not always it's e easier said than done sometimes sometimes my brain sure. is still in my office but if I've had a day of work then I try and you know balance that out with a day of um you know time with the kids but yeah. I think yeah, it's just not striving for those equal measures and just knowing mm. that if as long as your calendar is has all the things that are important to you in there in some capacity, then that's a good, you know, life of balance. I think so. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And one of the things uh, we talk about a lot on the show is getting clear on your priorities, which is exactly what you've just spoken about. And once you're clear on those priorities, they're the things that go in your calendar first. And I think if we almost have this expectation that they have to be equal. So that's why I don't like the work-life balance formula because it almost gives you this pressure to be like work and life have to be 50-50. And, you know, if you run a business or even just have a nine-to-five job already, that's like 70% of your week. So I think already having that, uh, I guess, foundation that everything needs to be equal almost sets us up for failure. So this has been a really great starting place because everything you've said really aligns with what we try and instill into balance. And it's not that there's like a one size fits all. It's it's having this flexibility around it. It's being okay that not all the areas are equal to get into a position when you can be like, yep, this is my balance and this is how I'm going to make it work for me. And I think this is kind of one aspect into having an extraordinary life, right? And I know that's something you speak about, like kind of having the wildest life for yourself and, and making whatever you dream of a reality. But I wanted to ask you kind of how you came into working and supporting other women doing this, because I think it's one thing to have that vision, but then to actually take the steps, you know, go through the journey and, and actually make it, quote unquote. You know, like, can you talk to me a little bit about, I guess, your personal journey in achieving that for yourself first and foremost? Because I'm really interested in, you know, the mindset shifts required from going from it being a thought to actually then feeling it and, and living it out yourself. 
Yeah, so my kind of journey into entrepreneurship was a bit random. I didn't kind of set out. I always knew that I would have a business of some sort. Like I was that kid that was, I would buy like a five pack of Mars bars at the at the shop and I would sell them for like one pound each down the school. So I was always <laughs> a little bit of a hustler and I was always trying to make a little bit of money. I used to also, I was really good at drawing this particular picture of Kenny from South Park and I used to sell that on the playground for a pound. Anyway, awesome. <laughs> um, I know. I, was, I just had this like flashback of that the other day because I was watching South Park and I thought, oh my God, that was where my entrepreneurial journey started. Um, but I, my background was in professional dancing. So I was actually in musicals and I traveled all over the world dancing. And that was my number one. There was never any plan B. There was never, never anything that I was going to do other than dancing. And when I was 24, so I turned professional when I was... Um, 18 and then at 24 I actually had a really successful career and I was doing everything that I wanted to do and uh, and then I got injured I got injured and I it just completely stopped my career literally in a second and I remember at the time feeling like something was off feeling like I wanted more feeling like I wanted more control over my life because as a dancer there is always someone telling you whether you've got a job or not there's like you have no control over your life at all (laughs) So I remember feeling this kind of pull a little bit of like, this isn't feeling right anymore, but I was too scared to try something new. And then I got injured. I remember being in the ambulance on my way to the hospital. My dad called me and he was like, I feel like it's a sign that this is your, you know, I feel like you're meant to shift direction. And so I did. And it it sounds like it was a really like perfect scenario where I got injured and then I was like, oh, and now I just found my calling. It was not. It was messy. It was ugly. There was so much trial and error. Um, But I think the best thing that I did do was I lent into everything. So I set up a dressmaking business where it was called Carly Can Make That and I would make clothes for people. I started working for Apple as a business specialist. I was waitressing. I was trying all of these things and I was just leaning into stuff to see which what fit. And then I ended up, I stumbled across this network marketing business. And it's crazy because had I sat back and thought, what's my, like, what am I meant to do? I never would have come up with that. I never would have been like, I want to go into, you know, network marketing and and health and wellness, blah, blah, blah. I just wouldn't have gone that direction. Um, But anyway, I ended up starting a network marketing business and it, it just fit. I just found myself being really good at it. And I loved connecting with people and mentoring people and helping other people build a business and it kind of really started to flow and ignite this kind of coaching side in, in, you know inside of me and so I did that for a really long time I, re- I reached the very top level of that company and I learned so many skills in that time I will say you know network marketing gets a bit of a bad rap but what I will say is that I learned so many skills building that business you know I learned about mm-hmm. presenting I learned about branding myself and and all of that and then a few years ago I just got another pull you know like a little a voice again yeah there's just there's more I know that I'm made for more than this my podcast is called made for more and it's I think it's because that voice has always come through to me and I just felt like there was more that I wanted to give I wanted to help and serve women outside of the network marketing industry so then I kind of went off on my own uh you know coaching endeavors and that's been a whole experience as well and honestly it it, what how I found myself in all these places is really just leaning into opportunities like I had the opportunity to come up um to become the CEO of Girls Winning Empires because 
I was helping someone else. I was helping someone else who was running it at the time. And I genuinely just wanted to help. Like they were struggling with what they were doing. I was just offering advice. And then the opportunity came up for me to take it over, which was crazy at the time. But I think what I've always done is lent into being open to opportunities saying yes before I'm ready and being like, I'll figure it out. Like I'll just jump in and I'll figure it out. And if it feels great, then great. If it it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit, but I'm sure I'll learn something. So I always jump into stuff and just always leading with service. Like I just feel like if I help and I genuinely care about the people that I'm trying to help, then only good is going to come from that. So yeah, that's a really long winded answer, but no, it's it's great. I think there was no real kind of thought out plan. I think so many people, especially in the early stages of their business, they get so paralyzed trying to map it all out. And mine looks nothing like how I thought it would. Even a year ago, Girls Building Empires was not on my radar at all, you know? So my advice is always to just kind of get out of your head and lead with your heart more, lead with the feelings. If you get that pull, if you get that calling saying, I think you're made for more, then listen to it, lean into it and have the courage to pursue it because that's where you mm-hmm. end up exactly where you should be. Yeah, and, and I, there's something I really like about not having like a fixed or rigid plan because sometimes when we sit down, right, and we're like, well, what's my purpose? What's the true calling, the thing I'm meant to be doing? Like you said, the word paralyzing, it can feel exactly that. It can feel really like uncertain. You're unsure kind of where to even start and the whole thing just gets really overwhelming as opposed to just being open-minded leaning into those intuitive moments. It's kind of what I call them and I've absolutely had them. I mean, one of them being to start my podcast was an intuitive calling. It made no sense. I was a lawyer at the time. Yeah, I was interested in health and fitness, but, you know, I I kind of wasn't even listening to podcasts at the time. So I was like, this is so random, but I I had a pull and, you know, nothing but incredible things have come from it. So I think leaning into those intuitive moments. One thing I will say as well is they often feel scary and sometimes they make no sense, but I feel Mm -hmm. like if you just approach it with an openness, I mean, you're either going to be in the same position that you're in now or something else will come from it. So you kind of have nothing to lose. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let's talk to the people listening who maybe they already have an idea of what they want to do. So perhaps they're not in a situation where they're like, I'm still looking for that thing. I need to be open and I need to kind of experiment, put myself out there. I feel like that might be one camp of people. The other camp might be people listening who they're go-getters, they know what they want, but that future, that reality feels really far from them right now. And they feel like they kind of battle or I guess go in between feeling really motivated and driven and clear on where they're going and then bouncing in between that and a bit of self-doubt. And they're kind of, the only way I can describe it is getting in their own way because we're the only ones that think of these limitations and hurdles in our own mind. What would you say to those people listening who really grapple between the ebb and flow between those two things? Is that kind of, in your opinion, a normal part of the experience and it's just about having tools to kind of navigate that? Or is that indicative of maybe some deeper work we need to do? Like, can you kind of talk to to that a little bit? 
Yeah, I mean, the in and out is a really normal part of entrepreneurship. I think sometimes people are really searching for this blissful state that they see people on Instagram, you know, and it, it just seems so like effortless and they wake up and they're so excited to do all the tasks that need to be done in their business. Most of the time, it's not that. It really is not. And I, I'm actually doing a training on this, um, talking about kind of getting out of your own way and getting out of the feeling mm. of being stuck. People feel like they're stuck, but they're really not stuck. You know, that really comes down to a few things. It's normally procrastination, perfectionism, mm. overwhelm, and imposter syndrome. Those four things are normally the things that are helping you feel or making you feel stuck. And the feeling of stuck, I think the reason why people feel that way is that a lot of the time people are chasing this high so when you start something new it's actually called the Dunning-Kruger effect when you are starting something new maybe you're joining a new course maybe you've started a podcast maybe you had just got a new job maybe you've just moved somewhere whatever it is you are full of so much confidence and hope because you're like, oh, this is the thing. This is this is it. It's going to feel amazing. I'm so excited about it. I can see that I'm going to do really well in it. And there's so much hope and excitement around it. And then as you start to lean into that a little bit more and you start to learn more about it, you realize there's a lot to learn here. Wow. OK, this is there's there's more to learn here than I thought. And you think, oh, this is actually harder than I thought, or this is going to take longer than I thought, because that's the reality of everything, right? These overnight success things don't really, you know, they, they don't, don't exist. exist. They take longer and feel so much harder than we thought. So the reality hits and you're like, damn it, this thing that I thought was going to be the answer to all of my problems is actually the same as everything else. I still have to do the same work. And so you find yourself in the kind of the bottom of this slump. You start at the top of this hill, you find yourself at the bottom of this slump. And you feel like this is wrong because you're like, damn it. Like in contrast to how you felt up there, you feel, like, you feel like this is wrong. I don't feel good. I don't like this feeling in my business. I want to go back to that high. So you start mm -hmm. something new, get a new course. So you read another book. So you invest in another coach. And there's so many things where you just go around in circles chasing this high. And inevitably, you always come back to that same point of feeling stuck. But the truth is, you're not actually stuck. You're just in the very real part of business. And the sooner you can get comfortable with moving through that feeling, you will mm -hmm. actually come up the other side. You will start to come up again to a point where it feels good and it flows and it feels fun and joyful and hopeful. And you can see your future clearly, but you can mm -hmm. only get Point, genuinely if you move through that feeling and that feeling of feeling stuck is having the courage to do all the things that scare you and do all the things that push you out of your comfort zone and do the things that you don't want to do honestly I think most of success in business is about discipline and disciplining yourself to do the things that you don't want to do and disciplining yourself to not just do all the tick box stuff. Like I, I talk about this with procrastination. Procrastination is really just avoiding the things that you know you need to do to move your business forward. And people are fooling themselves sometimes. They're so busy ticking off all these tick box things on their to-do list, tiny things that don't make a massive dent. But because every time you tick it off, you get a little rush and you're like, little dopamine hit. <laughs> 10 things today and, and nothing is big. Nothing's really making a massive dent. Um, but you kind of get again you're chasing that high so I feel like mm. 
you're in that place of feeling like, oh, I just don't know if this feels right. Ask yourself, are you chasing that high? And if you were to move through this process that you're in right now, if you were to, I always think of it, you know, like walking through mud. That's kind of kind of how I, it's heavy, it's thick, it's, mm. you know, it's, it's mundane a lot of the time. But if you have the discipline to move through this bit, ask yourself, if I was to come out the other end of this, would I be happy? Like, because it's so easy to think this doesn't feel good anymore. This isn't the right business for me. But if you can just put yourself three or six months ahead and think, if I was to come out of this, though, would I still be happy in this business? Is this still the business that I want to do? And if mm -hmm. it is, you just got to get your head down, just wade yeah. through that. And just understand that this is this is business. This is entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think everything you've said uh, definitely like applies to people, not only entrepreneurs, but just people in new jobs or just change of role, just in, in general, like anything, new relationships, anything that is challenging. I think the first step is accepting that that is a normal part of a life experience, especially new experiences, right? Where you feel out of your comfort zone, it's uncomfortable, it's, it's not familiar. And then this, to the second point of just being able to move through it, I think that's why, uh, you know, not everyone is quote unquote successful. You know, not everybody has top rated or most financially successful businesses. Not everyone is in a CEO role because I think it takes a certain character to really push through those moments. And I think that's why a lot of people give up. But let's talk specifically to that now. I mean, one thing I want to say is I think a, a bit of an antithesis to that uh, paralysis, that feeling of being stuck in the mud for me is just taking action and continuing to take action until I prove to myself like, hey, like, girl, you're doing this. You're good until I get over like the emotions of self-doubt or whatever it is I'm struggling with. For you or in your experience, um, it, it might be action. Is there anything else that for you kind of gets you through that stuckness? I think it's two things. I mean, 100% is action. I'm like the queen of taking messy action. I always say yes and jump in and figure it out as I go. Because if you've got two people that are, you know, one person who's sitting back and waiting and waiting till everything's perfect before they take action, the person who has just jumped in and figured it out is already steps ahead because they've learned 10 lessons by the time that person's just, you know, put themselves out there for the first time. So Action is 100% the, the number one. And every time, exactly like you said, you prove to yourself that you can do it. And every time you keep to your own promises, you add a layer of self-belief. People think mm -hmm. that self-belief is an external thing. And it's because, you know, we have no self-belief because our boyfriend or our teacher or our parents made us feel a certain way. But it's not. It's our actions build up our own mm -hmm. self-belief. And you can completely retrain your brain to say that you do anything you set your mind to. And if you can retrain your brain to have that narrative, then you will achieve anything that you set your mind to. So action is definitely a big part of it. But also there's a couple of things. I think getting really clear on, you know, why is you're doing it again and why you started People will be like, I want to, I want six figures. Well, six figures is fine. If you want to 10, you know, 10 K a month, what, what does, how does that impact you? Like, mm. why do you want 10 K? How does that physically impact your day today? If you were to get 10 K today, how would your day tomorrow look? And I think getting really clear on how achieving these things is going to impact your day and how it's going to impact your life is really, really important, understanding why you do it and making sure that it's a goal for you. It's not a goal 
for someone else. You're not doing it mm. to impress someone else or because you think someone else will love you more or be impressed by you if you achieve it. It has to directly impact you. So I think yeah. getting really your why and also I think the reason why we feel stuck is often because we set this goal so far in the future that we are working away and the time from like the time you set that goal to the point that you achieve it is such a long time to actually celebrate your efforts it feels like your efforts are for nothing so a big change that I made was actually by breaking down all of my goals into tiny tiny goals and I celebrate every single goal properly you know even if it's the if if it's the end of the week or if it's the end of two weeks I have a kind of like celebration ritual that I do and I really mark my efforts and instead of I always have my big vision but instead of celebrating once every two years I'm celebrating once every week and that feels so much better again if you've been chasing that dopamine hit then you know it feels good to do it to do that but it just feels like your efforts are actually going somewhere and that's yeah. been a big for me i love that so much because it's it's so true like you lose sight of all the efforts that you're putting in in the short term uh, that, you know, it's the 1% every day that adds up, but sometimes the 1% doesn't feel like a lot. So I think that's a really beautiful tip for people. I think it also keeps you very connected to your why. Like we often think that getting that thing will, you know, make us happy, make our whole lives. But when you get that thing, you're probably going to set another goal or the goalpost shifts, right? And then you realize it's all about the journey. It's about the tough days. It's about what you learn along the way. So having those regular check-ins, even if it's celebrating the small wins keeps you connected with your why. And I love what you mentioned about, you know, the why can't be for an external thing. And and I agree with that and really wholeheartedly feel that for two reasons. The first is you're going to have tough days, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, like those tough days are going to come. And if what you're doing is for somebody else's why, it's not going to get, it's not going to be enough to get you over those hurdles because you don't have a genuine enough belief in the mission or what it is that you're doing to get you through. And the second thing is, if and when you achieve that thing, you're not going to feel any more whole or fulfilled because it's not a reason for yourself. And so you're going to be in this kind of void of a loop, just trying to find something to fill this gap when the gap is not reflective of what it is you're actually trying to seek. Something I wanted to kind of segue in and, and finish on, which is is really relevant to everything we're speaking about, is this idea of, uh, you know, negative emotions and how we can actually use them to kind of, I guess, fuel our change or our trajectory, as opposed to trying to resist and part with them. Do you kind of have any, I guess, anything to say about that? Any Anything you do personally when you're feeling those negative emotions, how you kind of like to divert them in any way for your benefit, I suppose? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, those negative emotions are like fear and imposter syndrome and things like that. They're normally a good indicator, to be honest, that you're on the right track, that you're stretching yourself in a good way. I feel like if everything is feeling warm and cozy and everything's comfortable, I've become quite uncomfortable with that feeling when everything is really simple. I'm like, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. I'm not pushing myself enough. Something's wrong. (laughs) Well, it doesn't it doesn't actually feel right now because I've learned to lean into discomfort so much. But fear is a good thing. Fear is, you know, fear is is there to protect us. Fear is there to make sure that we're, you know, being safe and we're, you know, being supported and protected. And I often think of it like imagine like a fear is like a tiger and like a tiger is, 
is with you. If you go into a forest and there is genuine danger, you can have that tiger with you. You can literally walk in side by side and be like, right, right come on, we're going to fight this together. Or you can literally just run away. But I think of fear and imposter syndrome and you know those feelings of discomfort now as my like signal that okay cool I'm, I'm stretching myself I'm, I'm on a good path here and I know that I'm protected like I know I'm going to be fine because I've got my fear there but I know that you know this is a this is a positive move for me and mm-hmm. I genuinely I know it's such a cliche thing to say but I really do feel like every experience is such an amazing learning experience. And I genuinely don't believe in failure because I have had some, what others would look at as, you know, big failures in my life. And I know that I am the way I am now because of all of those things that went wrong. I know that I'm Mm -hmm. the way this way because I moved through fear or I moved with fear into all of the unknown and into these things that really scared me. Sometimes it was a great decision. Sometimes it was a terrible decision, but it always came out good in the end and I'm so so grateful for all of those things so I think just remember that when you know when fear comes up and when negative feelings come up it's guiding you you Mm. know and it's guiding you normally to be like come on I've got you I've got you we're going to be okay here but you know let's go through this together as opposed to thinking okay uh, you know this is a sign that I shouldn't do it fear will always be there and imposter syndrome will always be there and I promise you the more successful you become, the more money you earn, the more status you get, the more followers you get, the more whatever, imposter syndrome also goes up a whole nother level. So if you're sitting and waiting for fear to disappear or imposter syndrome to disappear, you will be sitting and waiting forever. So you have to learn how to work with it. Absolutely. I I have a very, very similar perspective. And even just from like a neurological point of view, like our our brains are wired to protect us, right? So when it flares up in that fight or flight fee response, it's because generally you're in a state of unknown. You're doing something that's out of your comfort zone. So for me, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, it doesn't make the feeling any more comfortable, but just by having that reframe, you can almost just zoom out from the situation and accept it for what it is. And I absolutely back you on the fact that like every time you try something new, it's almost like levels life, right? Like every time you level up, you try something new, boom, it's there. It's to be like, okay, we're we're in unknown territory. We're going to try and protect you. But it's like, I don't need protecting. I just need to get through this, you know, and and having that reframe is really important because like you said, I think a lot of people are apprehensive to even start or take the next step because they're waiting for that fear to dissipate. But when you realize you just have to, accept that it's a part of the process a and b move through it everything changes and you kind of become unstoppable i think because you just move through it you just keep going and you almost expect it to come up again and recently i started a new job and you know i really haven't been that out of my comfort zone in a very long time and when i felt all those emotions again same thing you know self-doubt imposter syndrome like complete discomfort i was like wow i haven't pushed myself in a long time like this is great Like, it's not great, but it's great, you know, and then I just, you know, keep taking the action and moving through it. (laughs) For sure. I feel like every step and every new level of your business, like every few years, I feel like it's my first day of school again. I feel like that same feeling, like I've just only just stepped into the world of entrepreneurship. I have those resets every few years with new you know, directions that I take and new things that I take on. And, you know, that feeling of starting again is very real. So I think it's normally it's a good sign, exactly like you say, and you just got to lean into it and know that only good is going to come from that. 
Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to end our chat on. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know everyone would have gotten a lot out of it and it was really nice to chat and get to know you. Uh, but for, for the listeners who want to connect with you, follow along, uh, where's the best place I can do so? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. Uh, well, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is Carly Myers Life. That's a lot more of my mum stuff. My um, <laughs> obviously Girls Building Empires is our Instagram. There's loads of good stuff on there. And then my podcast is made for more as well. That's where I'd love to see you. Awesome. Well, I'll pop links to all of that below. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to seeing what the next year or two onwards holds for you and, and the project as well. Yay. Thank you so much. Do you too. <laughs> thank you so much. You're a great interviewer, by the way. It was amazing. Thank, Thank you. you.